Yeah, the numbers are going round, which means the July podcast has started. And it's been a busy month. There's been a photozine release. There's been one or two technical difficulties. Uh, a monitor went pop and my broadband started slowing down quite considerably. But all of that's been fixed now. I had to go out and get another monitor. But at least a broadband engineer was able to sort out my broadband issues. It's not easy uploading something when the speeds are really slow. You tend to take it for granted if... Uh, you know everything's working properly it's just when it it stops working properly that you tend to uh, miss it but i've also got some great photo links uh, later on including some vietnam war photography by abbas of magnum but we will start off with caught by the tide which was my photo zine that i mentioned in the june podcast that was due to be released well it did get released. It got released on July the 8th, which I was really pleased with. I ordered my copy uh, that day when it went uh, live on Blurb and got it about eight or ten days later and was really, really pleased with the result. The paper was fantastic. The quality um, of the printing was superb and it really, really did look the business. And I, I'm really, really chuffed with it. It's a brilliant format to work with the photo zine it's something that i'm definitely going to look at producing uh more regularly um it's kind of easier in a way to do something like a photo zine than it is to do a photography book and i think it's also potentially more accessible to a lot of people because it's a cheaper option so definitely expect some more photography zines on the on the way i've already got a few ideas lined up for zines in future but yeah, it really did come together quite nicely and I'm really, really pleased that it's a follow-up book to Sea, Sky, Sand and Street from eight years before. It's just a shame that it's taken so long to, to get to this stage, really. Um, I, I think if you'd have asked me after I'd released the first book when the second book was going to come out, I think I would have probably said, well, maybe two or three years and that's when it should have come out, but... Sadly, things don't work out that way due to complications with uh, the Norfolk Project book and overthinking it and various other different issues came into the fray. So it was just a case of um, waiting for the right moment. And I think this came along at the right moment, caught by the tide, sort of slipped in just where it needed to be. And it's it's kind of relaunched my interest in photography books again, which is not a bad thing. So, if you are interested in some more details about Caught by the Tide, uh, what the pictures are about, um, my favourite image, how the photos in came together, I have recorded a bonus podcast, which is the podcast before this one. So, if you are interested in some details about the zine, then check that out. It's about 16 minutes long, and it's got all sorts of information in there about how things came together with it and the photography and my favourite image and what I think the images mean even uh, comes into it which is quite interesting to listen to. Right, the next segment I think of the podcast is going to be about the website. I think we'll do a bit of housekeeping. The website's had one or two improvements over the last few weeks including some alterations to the menu layout. Uh, we'll sort that out first. 
the menu layout sort of been a bit static for the last year or two because there hasn't been huge changes on the website but with the photo books being organized i wanted to add some photo book pages to support the releases of the book when they come out and just give a bit of information for people on the website about these books that i'm working on so the other th area that i wanted to extend just a little bit was the portfolio menu and all i've really done there is just added to the highlighted galleries section where i can just show off some galleries that i think maybe need a little bit of extra love some of them tend to be hidden away there's one territorial army which i regard as my best work it's getting on getting on in years a bit now but it's still sort of a pen a benchmark uh a benchmark project that i use to judge everything else that i've done regardless of what it is uh but it just came together brilliantly and just really pushed the quality of my work up another notch. It was fantastic. In fact, I think it'll actually be hard to beat. I would actually like to go back and do some more territor territorial army work. Uh, they're called the Army Reserve now. But And they're actually probably more busier now than they've ever been. They're taking on more and more of a burden. So it would be an interesting little photography project to go back and redo and take another look at them. Um, that's possibly something for the future. But the other gallery that I've highlighted is Edinburgh Seven Hills. And that's just to give an introduce, introduce a new, the, the work because it's new. Uh, it's the most recent gallery that's been started, so there's often new work going in there. But yeah, it's it looks a lot better, and it just means that I can change the galleries in and out in the highlighted section and just promote new ones every now and again, which is, is nice. It just gives it a bit more... Uh, it makes it more dynamic, the menu, which I like the idea of. And the next one along from that is the photo books. And really that's had quite a major change just to include all of the other books that are planned. Previously there was just released photography books and planned photo books. I've added another section called upcoming book releases. And generally speaking that will contain uh, links to books which are coming within the next 12 months. So within 12 months... Uh, those books should be out and released and of course as they get released they'll get moved further and further to the to the left and join uh, the other books mentioned under sea sky sand and street there is a little bit of room for adding some new projects as well I think probably in a couple of years it will probably need a another redesign but we'll get to that when we get to it um, it might start getting a little bit crowded. It has other projects added after the Scotland book. But the Scotland book is uh, the last in the line of planned books at the moment. And it's quite a way off, uh, at least 12 months. So I won't have to worry about the menu too much. Now the other pages, um, they've got a little bit of love with the photograph copying the photograph retouching photograph restoration and repair and finally the other one was the pdf 
page as well that had a, a little bit of a, a tweak and some images added just to show some of the covers of the PDF books, just to give it a bit of life and give it a bit of identity, give the page a bit of identity. It came together quite nicely and it is an important page because that's where my book designing started all those years ago with Solo Photo Book Month. So it's nice to sort of give the page uh, a bit of love and give it a bit of the credit that's due to it because that's where it all started. So those are all of the changes for the moment. The ones that were just done to the uh, copying and retouching and restoration and repair really were just adding some dynamic uh, images just to give a better idea for people visiting the page about you know what copying entails and what retouching entails and the restoration and repair just to clear things up and also make sure that uh, the page is easier to read. I still think there's a little bit more work to be done there but you know we'll uh, get to that at a later date other than that really it's just business as usual on the website so it's been running great at the moment there's been one or two updates which have improved the, the loading speed of the site and uh, i'm really pleased with it at the moment so i'm sure there'll be more work carried out over the next uh, few weeks and months there's a few galleries that need improving a few gallery pages that also need a look at too and uh, generally just sort of a bit of a sort of spring spring clean. Just go through them and see uh, what can be improved. Right, on to the podcast links. And there's four rather good ones this, this month. The first one I'm going to mention is Blood, Rain and Cheers. This is Tour de France images from the 2019 Tour de France. It's been nicely divided into sections. So there's images to do with weather hazards and time trials uh, enthusiastic fans it's a really nice collection of images that the Guardian have put together one of the things that I found when the race was on was that usually some of the media outlets would put some images together at the end of each week during the race which was rather good it was nice to sort of collect them all together but they didn't do that this year for some reason. It was very, very low key. The photography coverage of the race, which was rather strange because this year's Tour de France was actually one of the strongest for many years. But I suppose, you know, it's down to whether they think that people are interested. Um, but the quality of the image is absolutely fantastic. And it also gives a great overview about the Tour de France and what the appeal is and the little trials and tribulations that riders come across, whether it be weather hazards or injuries, it's it's all covered there. So it's a great little gallery. That's Blood, Rain and Cheers, Tour de France 2019 in pictures, and that's on The Guardian. Now, the second Guardian gallery that I'm going to mention is a pioneering female photographer Ida Wyman in pictures and this is dedicated to the US documentarian who died aged 93. Uh, she was a member of the Influential Photo League Cooperative in New York and she believed that photos could be used to affect change. Um, and, she, you know, she worked doing all sorts of stuff, working on photo essays, worked on film sets and was a regular contributor to life. And her image is sort of a mixture of street portraits and 
uh, scenes from film sets. I mean, there's a fantastic shot of James Cagney in White Heat, Los Angeles, 1949, uh, where he's got a shotgun in hand and a trilby, and it looks very film noir. Absolutely great images. And then another one, completely different, is Girl with Curlers, New York, 1949. I, I actually hadn't heard of this photographer, which is... Uh, a bit of a shame um, every now and again you'll come across a photographer who's died or whose name suddenly crops up and you'll think why haven't I heard of this person and this is certainly the case with, with Ida's work fantastic series of images well worth a look and if you really love 40s photography then you're in for a treat uh, the portraits are absolutely brilliant so that is a pioneering female photographer Ida Wyman in pictures by the Guardian. The next link is Photo District News, and this is a landfill full of life. Uh, this is Ken Grant's long-term engagement with a landfill on the shores of the River Mersey in northwest England. Uh, Grant regularly photographed the site between 1989 and 1997, focusing on the relationship between the local people and the vast landfill. I actually think a lot of these images um, have a sort of Chris Killip feel about them. Um, it's sort of like a post-industrial landscape type thing and the people who are making a living or attempting to make a living from the landscape. And uh, these images are absolutely fantastic. The rather surprising thing is, is that apart from a few that were printed in a magazine called Reportage, or Reportage, I should say, Reportage, uh, Reportage magazine in 1991. It was a magazine I used to get on a regular basis. Um, I used to get it from Impressions Gallery in York when I was a student. Uh, it was a brilliant read. I've actually got one or two still lying around. I might actually do a uh, podcast about them because I actually thought that they were it was a really good magazine but I don't think it was particularly financially viable um, very very niche brilliant images but very very niche um, but anyway apart from some of the images uh, some of Grant's images being printed in uh, Reportage magazine in 1991 the majority of the images from his project Benny Profane are unpublished which really really surprised me because he is um his work is included in numerous collections uh in various places around the world and i would have thought you know his work would have been published before that but obviously not it just goes to show that there there are gaps when it comes to the photography book business um but then again, I always think to a certain extent, some photographers shout louder than others. Um, and maybe not all photographers are very good at publicising their own work. I would actually say I'm not particularly great. Um, because I think, to be honest, it's sort of very personal. So maybe you don't like sort of pushing your own stuff, but... Grant's work is definitely worth a look if you like Chris Killip's work from the 1980s. This is starts at the end of the 80s and goes into the 1990s, so it's a little bit later than Chris Killip's work, but it does have a similar feel to it. Um, it is 
a, a really, really good photography project. So that is on Photo District News, a landfill full of life. Ken Grant's long-term engagement with a landfill and the project was called, and the book as well, is called Benny Profane. And it's out by RRB Photo Books. There is a link actually on the page to that too. Now the final link is I'm got, I'm actually left the best till last I think. Um, this is Abbas Vietnam Forget Me Not. This is on the Magnum website, and this is another book. It's a new book which draws on photographs of the closing years of the Vietnam War by Abbas. Uh, plus also his images the anti-war movement and his returns to the the country to Vietnam some 30 years later. Fantastic series of images. I didn't actually know that Abbas had been um, in Vietnam during the war. He was there in the early 1970s, 72, 73. Um, he was just arriving as the Americans were starting to pull out. It was part of that Vietnamization period where the American military were wanting the South Vietnamese military to take far more of the burden when it came to uh, military operations. And it, it's actually quite an interesting time for him to arrive because South Vietnam was kind of struggling to adapt. It had had the Americans prop them up militarily and financially and the money was still coming but militarily the Americans were becoming less and less visible and Abbas kind of comes in at that point but the interesting thing about his images is that he doesn't really tend to focus in on what you would call classic war images he does what Philip Jones Griffiths does and documents what's happening to the people it's not about showing soldiers firing guns it's about aftermaths it's about how people deal with things what's happening to the population of a country documenting the the horror of what war does to people and the images are fantastically strong um powerful i mean there's a whole lot of words that you could use but they they really are superb the other thing that I find quite interesting about his work is is the access that he's got. There's two images that stand out. The first one that I'll mention is Midnight Mass, Christmas Eve in Catholic Cathedral, Hanoi, Vietnam, December the 24th, 1975. I would imagine that probably getting access to North Vietnam just six months after the Vietnam War finished would not have been easy, uh, but maybe because he was magnum based um i think he was part of magnum at the time he must have been i don't know when abbas joined but even so he 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 definitely must have had some clout to be able to get in there and the second image which also sort of demonstrates that is uh he photographs a member of the vet Viet Cong armed with a Kalashnikov gun on the move in a sampan boat. He carries all of his belongings on his back. Delta region, South Vietnam, 1973. So even while the fighting was taking place, uh, Abbas
Abbas was photographing the Viet Cong. And I can only really think of Kathleen Leroy as another photographer who went and photographed the uh, North Vietnam side, the, the Viet Cong. Uh, the vast majority of photographers tended to stick with the Americans or the South Vietnamese, but a few, obviously like Abbas and Catherine Leroy, realised that there was an interesting story on the other side. And in fact, with Catherine Leroy, she actually crossed over the front line at Hue in 1968. Uh, the Marines were fighting there. US Marines and she managed to get across the the front lines which was dangerous in itself get over to the 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 North Vietnamese army uh, the Viet Cong not really knowing what sort of reception she was going to get and managed to get them to agree to her taking some pictures and then a few days later she managed to make her way back across the lines again jumped on board a helicopter and amazed the world with her uh, with her images and funnily enough the helicopter that she jumped on to leave way also had Don McCullen leaving he'd been there f doing his images of the marines fighting at Hue many of which are probably his most famous images uh, and there was this woman opposite they didn't actually he said that they didn't actually speak because they were both sort of exhausted and battle fatigued but he uh, then said about how these amazing images from the opposing side came out these amazing images of the Viet Cong and the North Vietnamese army fighting at way came out taken by this rather small French woman she wasn't very big but she obviously was very persuasive when it came to um, persuading people, you know, that these pictures needed to be taken, and they they were amazing images. I don't think she gets the credit that that is due, and hopefully, with this book, Abbas will also get some credit for for these images because to do that is, I don't know, it's ref refreshing. I think a lot of people went to Vietnam, and uh, some of them took largely the same images in fact in some cases almost the same images i think there is a philip jones griffiths picture and then there's a don mccullen picture and they were literally taken within like a couple of yards of each other um i'm sure it's those two it's certainly philip jones griffiths i can't remember i'm sure the other one is um don mccullen but they were the the photographs the scene the images were taken within yards of each other, um, which kind of goes to show what sort of things are going on with the Vietnam press corps when they were out there. But these pictures by Abbas are absolutely fantastic, packed full of humanity, really strong photos, and it looks like it's going to be a fantastic book. I think I will have to look into to getting that. So... With that Abbas link, um, that's it for this podcast. Um, it's been an, it's been pretty packed this month. Um, it's going to be interesting in the next 
month or so because the podcast will be coming out slightly earlier for August because I will be heading up to Scotland for a few adventures there, which means that the podcast has to come out slightly earlier. So the next podcast will probably be coming out at the end of August rather than the first week of September. So until then, thanks very much for downloading this podcast and I will see you all very soon.